Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and I cannot believe how bad the Colorado Rockies are. They're, they're a bad <laughs> team, man. <laughs> they really are. And I'm the Champ, and I'm wondering if my roster moves this week are best described as botched or bungled. Well, what's the difference? That's the question. Or could it be both? Yeah. Well, I guess you're not um, going to be able to tell for a couple of weeks. Excuse me? You won't be able to tell if they're botched and or bungled for a couple of weeks. No, it's 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 one of the two this week. I have zero home runs this week, right? As 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 a team. Ooh. And sitting on my sitting on my bench is Tyler O'Neill, who came back Thursday night and has hit three home runs. Why don't you just put him in Thursday night? There you go. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah. Right, right, right. Perfect lead in. Yep. Yeah, we said each so maybe other up and knock them down. Maybe the answer is botched and bungled. <laughs> yeah. Did, hey, did you see the, the Rockies got shut out in a doubleheader yesterday? Yeah, man, what 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 a bad – I mean, we didn't have that as part of our bet that we'll talk about a little bit later, but what a bad team they are. Good gracious. Yeah, if I was Story, I'd be camped out in front of that GM's office. <laughs> Say, do you yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's ending soon. But you know what? We're going to talk to our guest that's on the line. Um, he actually has a player that's that's doing really well for for the Rockies in Ryan McMahon. Yeah, Bill. Uh, welcome back. This is your first time this season because uh, we, we botched and or bungled the first time, right? <laughs> hey, are you guys recording this? We are. I think we are. We're just going to run with it, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's always a privilege and a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, real quick, uh, you're, I think your team's been the most consistent. I mean, obviously, Bob's got 82 points. I mean, I guess there's some consistency in that. But you, you, your 40 points of pitching seems to be from, the, from day one, and you've been in first, second, or third since day one. Um, are, 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 are you – are you comfortable where you're at? You know, because it, it's a long season, and and you know sometimes you have to make some moves. But are, are you comfortable where you're at now? Uh, no, I'm not comfortable where I'm at. But but looking at the team that I drafted, um, it's it's kind of where I should be. Um, I have good pitching. You guys can see that it's good and it's performed well. I don't have a lot of offense, right? So earlier in the year when I was close to first and, and contending. I feel like some of my offense was, I'll say, overperforming. I mean, there's some people that are not performing well, but I don't have a lot of offense. And if it doesn't improve, um, I really can't move up. Okay, so even uh, even if you're in somewhat of a striking distance to make a move, to make a trade, you don't think you can move up? Oh, yeah, I was saying, okay. right. I, I mean, I can't sit sit pat or Correct. unless everybody just has – career years from here on out. So you're right. I, I have some things I can do to shore up that offense. I'm saying the team right now is, is not good enough to beat a team like, like, like Bob Burks at this point. Yeah, yeah. He, he needs another rash of injuries for anyone to <laughs> actually compete with him. Um, uh, you know, another thing that we, we that comes up in this podcast, and it's usually um, brought up by the Sewer Hawks, is the CBS <laughs> website. Uh <laughs> Yeah, you have any thoughts on the CBS website? We usually ask our, our guests. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 subpar, but I have to admit it's the only one I really know. So I kind of you know have some history invested in it. 
I don't understand the, their shortcomings, why, like, on Monday it seems to reset everything or the mobile site seems to be down or, or more malfunctioning than, the, than yeah. the, you know, the desktop full site. It's just, it's just kind of, you know, it's just not well managed for the, you know, near 2021. But, but it, it, it works, and, and it's, you know, it's still, it's still a good site overall. It's just that it's spotty. Yeah, that, 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 I think the same thing. I mean, it's, it's not perfect, but yeah. So uh, a, a couple, I have a couple specific questions about your team. Um, one is, I, I think Andrew McCutcheon is his like uh, spider senses kick off right when they're about to cut him <laughs> or, or do something with him. And then he has like a 10 day stretch where you're like, all right, maybe this guy can still play again. And then he goes through periods where you're like, oh my gosh, I, I gotta get, I, I gotta get him out of here. Like as a Phillies fan, do do you go through those same ups and downs with him? I do. Now I don't watch the Phillies really on a, on a daily basis, so I don't have to like watch it. But but I do see his O for streaks or one for streaks, and then I see like say where he, he seems to revert and turn back the clock eight or ten years. And yeah. Because I am so poor at, at trying to time and manage things, I'm just leaving him in the lineup and, and hoping I catch a good week. Cause you're right. He, he just, he just is so hot and so cold. It's just, it's just kind of maddening. I'm sure it's worse to watch it. it oh, it is. And, and you know, I'll watch him for four days in a week and he's roll He's just rolling over on pitches and hitting three hoppers to the shortstop. And then he goes through like three games where he hits the ball up the wall. He's hitting homers. He's, I think he stole base this week. And you're like, where do you come from? And then, yeah, he's still batting 198, which makes it tough to kind of stick him in a lineup every, every day. But I guess when you have nobody else, um, yeah, the other yeah, you, just hit a, you hit a good point there, right? If you look right, I don't have anybody else, right? I don't have many moves I can yeah. make because my offensive bench is, is thin because my starting offense is thin. Yeah. Um, and then the other guy I was going to bring up, because you and I made that uh, preseason trade for, I gave you Nimmo and you gave me Brian Anderson <laughs> and we both kind of stuck with, like mediocrity or below mediocrity and it's kind of funny yeah <laughs> so, so early on like i had the better of the trade because you know demo was getting on base he wasn't really doing much else i mean his his, his ops was good he wasn't giving many like runs or rbis but he's getting on base hitting for average and everything and then of course he got hurt like he does every year and i don't think he's played in a month i don't know when i'm gonna get him I thought Anderson for you has played a little better in the last couple of weeks. Is that right? He has. Yeah, his OPS has increased significantly, and then he went on the DL. So, ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's not the trade we want to talk about. Maybe the next trade is <laughs> no. going to be something more interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, you know, I, I watch Hoskins too. And I, I, I don't. I'm not a Reese Hoskins fan, but the guy's playing pretty well. He's pretty consistent. Uh, I, I guess you're pretty happy with his his performance thus far. Yeah. I mean, other than, than, than Ryan McMahon, I would say he's, he's probably my, my, my second best offensive player. He's kind of giving me what I want. I thought, I thought he would get on base a little more. He's not walking. I don't think near what his normal career stats are, but, but yeah, he's giving me power, right? They, they throw him in the lineup where he's going to score runs. I think he's even stolen a couple of bases. So yeah, I, I'm happy with, with Hoskins and what he's given me so far. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I kind of like that he's not walking because he's got 31 ribs, which that's what he's there for. So I'm, I'm a pro not walk person. Um, so, Jamie, what, what, what do you got as far as, as Bill? 
Um, yeah, in terms of his team, um, I'm looking here. He has you've got a lot of productivity um, out of your team because you have four players: McMahon, Hoskins, Aguilar, and Duvall, who just recently got hurt. All uh, and the cushion. No, I, I apologize. Those four, all over 30 RBIs. Um, mm-hmm. or th- yeah, you got you got to be happy with with the kind of production that you're getting there. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you look at, if you look at their batting averages, right? Nobody's probably hitting above 260. Or maybe maybe McMahon might be, but right, especially like someone like Duval. I think whenever he hits a home run, he's got two guys on base or something because he's. <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah. why I, said, I don't know if I'm overproducing or over you know, overperforming, but right, I got to be happy with 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 them getting out of the players that I have. And then right outside that tier is Travis Shaw. Like you said, bad batting average, 194, but 26 RBI. Yeah, I think, though, he started off a little hot, and I think he's losing playing time, and they're certainly sitting him against left-handers more. So um, I I don't know what's going to happen. But, yeah, he's kind of typical of my offense. The other anomaly that I see on your team is that you have, um, by far, with the possible exception of Brubes, the far um, the, the two best pirates in Adam Frazier batting 335 and Brian Reynolds at 290. Yeah, how about that? I kind of picked the you know the two best guys right now. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with Cabron Hayes ever comes back. But um, but yeah, it's, they, they've been a surprise. Right? They seem to be pretty consistent on, on a, you know, not a good team. But I'm I'm happy with, with Adam Frazier and, and Ryan Reynolds right now. I guess you were hoping that Kai Tom was going to be um, part of that pirate trio, but. Uh, not quite, just missed, huh? Yeah, so I got rid of him. I think I saw he had a home run yesterday, but <laughs> it, it is what it is. Uh, we'll see how it goes moving forward. Speaking of pirates that you get whipsawed with, um, Mitch Keller threw a nice uh, game yesterday on your uh, on your bench, right? Yeah, talk about somebody who's he's either going to give up one run or zero runs or five or more, and, and you yeah. just don't know what you're going to get. And so I, I just. Right, clearly, I have better options, and so I don't bring him up. But yeah, I don't. I don't know what to do with him. Hey, Raj, did you want me to hit those next two points on our notes? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so so this week, Bill, um, we we were texting back and forth. Um, Jack Flaherty and uh, former high school teammates uh, Lucas Giolito um, were pitching against each other. I think it was was it Monday's? Yeah, it was Monday's game. And um, one of the things that they said, um, I guess the trio of them includes Max Reed. And one of the things that they talked about on the Cardinals broadcast was their high school coach, Matt LaCour, um, from Harvard Westlake in California, was coming to the game to see the two of them pitch. Um, do you remember meeting, you and I meeting Matt LaCour? Can you talk about that? Um, I, I remember it, maybe not quite as well as he did, um, but yeah, that was kind of interesting. So, so we were out in San Francisco uh, for the Bush League trip. Uh, ooh, is that 2017? 17 or 18, yeah. That, okay, and, and we had had seats out in right field, just by the foul pole, but right, right there. And of course, uh, the Cardinal bullpen was 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 right below there, and this was going to be Jack Flaherty's debut. He was starting that game. I remember, you know, we had our Cardinals jerseys like we always do, right, stand out. And a guy came up to us and, and said something like, you know, do you mind if I can kind of get close here? Um, you know, like, yeah, I guess he wants a picture. He wants to do something. But he's like, uh, I coached Jack Flaherty in high school. You know, and he, I guess he had, he had some – I don't know if he did have Cardinal gear or not. But, yeah, anyway, he talked about him in high school and where he went to high school and he was a coach there. And, and I know we got pictures with him, right, so we have those pictures forever. But 
that's the extent of what I remember. I don't remember talking about either Giolito or Freed, but know that he was Flaherty's high school coach. Uh, that's the way I remember it. The guy was wearing uh, a, a Cardinals um, Cardinals hat, and yeah, he didn't mention to us that he had also coached Giolito and Max Freed. But yeah, I remember meeting him, and it was a kind of a cool experience to do that. Yeah, yeah it was, given you know, how Flaherty's certainly taken off since then. So, so let me take this in another direction here. You and, and Raj Mehdi, what I thought was a great trade. Um, he traded to you, um, Edward Diaz, and you traded back to him, Freddie Peralta. And I thought that was that was a great deal. Discuss how that trade came about. Um, Raj talked about it last week. Um, what did you think when you first saw the trade notification come out across CBS? It was kind of funny because uh, – <laughs> I'm actually able to get emails at work if I can check them. You know, like obviously I can't have my phone at work, so I don't get any text notifications. But I do get email notifications. So I think I went over there and looked. And I saw a trade notification from, from the Roosters, right? And I saw Edwin Diaz for, for uh, Freddie Peralta. I'm like, huh. All right, I'll have to think about that, you know, and maybe after work or whatever, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give it some more thought and dig into it. And then I went back <laughs> I, I don't know. I told you it felt like 30 seconds. It yeah. could have been a half hour out. And then the trade was revoked. And <laughs> what happened, right? And I think Raj said what, what actually happened is he was just trying to put it in to review it and hit the wrong button and, and actually say, you know, offer. Um, but then after that, I'm like, well, it looks like he's interested. And um, we had some negotiations. You know, I, I really like Freddie Peralta for, for all the right reasons, you know, but I really needed saves, I think. I think it's going to help me. And so I was trying to offer some other pitchers, maybe package some stuff up. And Raj is like, yeah, but that doesn't really help me where I need it. And I uh, we went back and forth a little bit through text. And I said, okay, how about that trade you offered for, for a hot New York minute? Let's, let's go back to Edwin Diaz and play for <laughs> Um And he said, yeah, put it in and I'll accept it. So that's kind of – that's my understanding. I think it's pretty much what Roger thought too. But that was the way I, I saw it uh, transpiring. Yeah, it was it was mixed in with uh, me at Little League practice and him at softball games. And I guess, you know, standing yeah. out in left field, you're thinking, I don't know, maybe I will get Diaz, as he's probably not paying attention to the game. And me pitching batting practice thinking, I, I don't know, I'm going to push back for Peralta. And that's how it came about. Yeah. So I, I guess that's not a typical way deals are done, but this this could be the prototype. Um, but both, I guess both players, um, Diaz this week, since – the trade won't go into effect until period 10, um, which will be Monday. I, I think Diaz has had at least two saves, if not three, this week. And Peralta just pitched a seven-inning complete game yesterday. Yeah, yeah, he did really well. And I'm going to be sad to see him go. I like watching him pitch, man. His slider, it moves. It looks like a, you know, like a little bit of a wiffle ball slider. He's got a lot of movement on it, and he still throws in the 90s otherwise. So he gets a lot of strikeouts. He throws a lot of pitches because he doesn't usually have control. But last night... Yeah, in one walk, which is why he's able to, uh, to go the distance. So I kind of hope it works for, for both of us. Um, you know, I have Kimbrell as my other closer, and you know, Kimbrell has overperformed, let's be honest. right? He's had a great year, but he's going to probably revert back to where he's been the last two years. So I need somebody, hopefully Diaz, Diaz from three years ago, to, uh, to help me get some saves. So I think I can move up a couple points there. No, I, I, I think that was a, a really good trade um, by the two of you. But, you know, Major League Baseball has been investigating when there's kind of something out of the norms with StatCast, you know, meaning if the spin rate suddenly gets higher, that type of thing. 
I'm wondering if there should be a Bush League investigation because before Rods traded, uh, made his last two trades, you know, Diaz now in the final week has two or three saves. <laughs> Miley had a no-hitter um, before he traded him. Um, do you think there's rooms for investigation with Roger? <laughs> uh, I'll let you know in a week or two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey Bill, Very good. Bill, real quick before we get off this topic, uh, just to give you a heads up, if Diaz comes in in a non-save situation – Get ready for three or four runs being given up. I, 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 I feel like someone needs to tell Diaz, you cannot pitch yourself into a save situation. So <laughs> Maybe he thinks he can. I don't know. But, yeah, he'll come in no, with a five-run lead. That. Yeah, and he gets blistered. So, yeah, just kind of hang in there uh, and don't watch him. Yeah, it's hard to watch. I don't watch Kimberly either. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I don't watch any of my pitchers. I can't. I can't. None of my. None of my closers. No. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the other thing that that Jamie brought up uh, in the past couple of weeks is, uh, and I don't know if he was overstating this, but uh, 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 he referred to you as a expert stout beer person. Is is that too strong of a word? Oh, it's way too strong of a word. That's why when I texted back, you know, I said I enjoy stouts, but I know very little about them. Um, and, and that's what it is. Like you said, and you know, you've noticed, um, there's just preferences, right? There's lots of different types of beers out there. There's, you know, there's lighter ones, there's heavier ones, different colors, different flavors, different bitterness. Um, I tend to like the dark beers, the, the heavier stouts. And I, I think it's funny, right? You always have your little plug for Schaefer, you know, the beer to have yeah. and having more than one. <laughs> I would say for me with stouts, it's like the opposite. It, it's the beer I like because I'm only having one. <laughs> <laughs> because if you look at the ABV and a lot of the ones I like, they are they are sometimes double digits, right? So you know, an average beer is five percent, and these can go from nine to twelve percent. So oh, yeah. it's like drinking two beers at once, and yeah, and yeah I got to be really careful. But, but so, yeah, I, I just enjoy the flavor. A lot of them are really smooth. They have some different coffee flavors in them. Things that I like in general, right? And so, so, so I like the, the different flavors of the stouts. So, so, Bill, let me ask you a question here. Um, you know, our, our our boy Roger is is doing a great, doing himself a great service by expanding his beer taste. Um, first, where he was three years ago. Um, if he were to start, um, if you would have him start with a stout beer, um, do you have a recommendation for him? Oh, he's. I think we talked about this a little bit, Roger. You've had Guinness, right? Um, I I might have had it once. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can start with that. Start with that because Guinness, you know, it's a stout. It's going to pour and it's going to smell and it's going to taste like a stout. It's pretty thick, right? They, they joke about it, but some of the websites I go to, if the stout is thick, they call it chewy, right? You wouldn't think of beer being chewy, but Guinness is like that. Um, it doesn't have a high alcohol content, so I mean, if you if, if you can start with that, I think that's a good place, and then you know you can bridge to some of the I call them the more complex stouts, more uh, alcoholic ones. All right, well, I'm going to Whole Foods later today, so I'll check their refrigerator section. That's where I get my okay. beers, Whole Foods. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and then uh, you, you're putting together a, a Bush League trip to Citizens Bank Park. That's coming up in two weeks, right, the 10th? Yeah, it's really ten, uh, 11 days away, so it's a week from this coming Thursday, um, June 10th. Atlanta is in for a day game against the Phillies. I think it's around 1 o'clock. And so I put a text out to see if people had interest. 
We ended up with, with four, um, which is fine, because at the time we had to buy them in kind of pods of four. Yeah. The four of us would be going uh, to the game June 10th, I, I guess, thinking about it, right? If people still want to go, again, this could be our public service announcement, um, there's still room, right? We can still get together, right? There's, I'm sure there's tickets for sale. I think, right, everybody's back to pretty much full capacity. Uh, the plan, I think, Jamie, you're going to help uh, lead this, is we'll meet up somewhere in a parking lot and maybe tailgate a little bit before the game, and then, and then at least the four of us I know, which is Jamie, uh, I call them the two Bobs, Bob Kirk and Bob Freeze are going um, to the game, but we certainly would welcome other, other people if their schedules allow. All right. Yeah, you know, you, you know what? That should be good. We'll try and get there two hours early. I'll arrange. Um, there's a certain lot there, but it, it, it'll be interesting, right? Because, Bill, you'll be drinking a stout beer. Mm-hmm. Bob, uh, Bob Kirk will be drinking a Coors Light, and we all know uh, what Bob Freeze will be drinking. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess it's just to be determined what I'll be drinking. Yeah, so Bill, maybe you can maybe before the next draft, you can give a little PowerPoint presentation on ABV and what that means, because, <laughs> so we don't have the same person drafted a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, so I throw these terms around, like I said, like I think I know what I'm doing, but I, I don't. Um, that's actually something that our our, our, our brewmeister, or whatever you call him, beermeister, oh, uh, Rick, Rick yeah. Lake, would actually understand. <laughs> he, he could tell you, and Jamie knows a lot more than he's saying. All right, he's the one that kind of be, made me become a beer snob. Okay, and just to wrap up before we cut you loose, uh, you you had two fab picks. Uh, Brandon Drury <laughs> kind of comes back into the National League. I'm going to bring him up later in the podcast. Uh, and then Steve Duggar, who I think has probably been bought three or four times for a total of like $25. For <laughs> so, but Didn't you have him? I did when Dickerson was on the DL for a little bit. Yeah, then I dropped him, and here he is again. Uh, yeah, did, did – uh, did you bid on anybody else? I was two for two for the first time. Usually I'm 0 for however many I bid. But yeah, right. I was two for six. Okay. All right. So you got yourself an outfielder. And he's fairly productive in his limited time. I mean, he doesn't hurt you with this. Duck yeah. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling, right? I don't have much offense. And, and, and so far, I've, I've really botched Fab, as, as you can all tell, with my $12 Connor Joe pay I think had two at bats for me, and now it's just sitting on the bench. So I, I don't know what I'm doing with Fab. I need to do better, but I think it's the best I could do with the offense that I have. Yeah, but I think that pick was cool because it sparked some uh, Chessmont memories, of Abel Joe and Billy Joe, and you know I think that was. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was <fun>. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So. All right, man. Uh, you're hanging in there again. I, I just, I really think you're the most consistent. I mean, other than Kirk, I mean, he's in a different stratosphere. But you've been consistent throughout the at the year. It's only June first coming up on Tuesday. I mean, like Tom said, it's only May. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, we're not really at the one third point, right? It's you know, 54 games, and I'll just say this: I don't think it really means anything, but hopefully, to keep Bob uh, Kirk on his toes. This, my team feels and looks a lot like 2019, right? And we all know what happened then, right? And, and Bob Kirk has kind of taken the place of Bob Freeze as a team that's just really, really, really good. But but if things happen, right, I'm going to manage this thing down to the last day, and, and, and I'll see what can happen. There you go. It's a good parting shot. <laughs> all right, Jamie, got anything? No, uh, Bill, just uh, thanks thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, as Rod said, you were the last of, of, of the owners. Um but we're going to do uh, we're going to have a redo after the All Star break. So you know, keep keep plugging away there with with your team. And um, 
I will see you on uh, on June 10th at Citizens Bank Park. Yeah, looking forward to it. Should be a fun time. All right, Bill. Thanks. All right, guys. Thanks, Bill. See you down thanks the road. Again. All right. See ya. Okay, Jay. Um, yeah, again, he he's a good guest. Uh, he's got some insight, and I think he's uh, I I think he's probably in a good position. I mean, he'll be in striking distance when the trade deadline comes up. So that's where you want to be, right? If you feel like you can make some move, he's got a lot of pitching capital to move. Yes. And um, yeah, so he, he has some he has some players that he could swap a starting pitcher for a pretty significant hitter, and and make a make a run at the end. Yeah, I, I think both you and he analyzed this perfectly. Um, if this is all-star break right now. Um, I'm imagining he's going pretty heavy after um, after hitting with his starting pitching. And, you know, that's just it. If, if he can continue just to stay within striking distance um, each each stat period as it gets later and later in the season, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we got some baseball news, um, and some of it's not too pleasant, but we'll, we'll, we'll cover it because it's in the news. Uh, Mickey Calloway. Angels pitching coach suspended and fired for sexual harassment. Uh, Callaway, the former Mets manager. So this is the second Mets staff member accused of this type of uh, crime. Uh, Jared Porter, the, the GM, was fired in January of 2021 for sending text messages to a reporter of, of himself. Um, it, like, how bad is that? You're a 45-year-old guy doing stuff like that um yeah it's it I, you know baseball obviously it, it, it's probably been happening since baseball began yeah, but right. um you know they're, they're taking it more seriously and and, and i want to say that the mets had a problem um even before jared porter uh porter with uh was it brody van wegenen yeah who yeah. was the gm for a couple of years and let's not forget let's not forget the mets history that um the manager before their current manager, Luis Rojas, um, before he managed the game, um, their candidate was um, Carlos um, Beltran, <laughs> and they dropped him. So um, the, the Mets, Mets track record hasn't been good. Um, you, you hope that with this new owner, Steve Cohen, um, that they kind of turn things around. But, uh, yeah, their, their history has, has been checkered at best lately. Yeah, when I was looking at Callaway, he, he was the manager for two years with New York, and he, his teams weren't that bad. I mean, record-wise, and I'm wondering if it was the type of thing of, hey, this guy's, I don't know, we're going to run into a problem with this guy, I'm getting rid of him. You know what I mean? Even before this came out. Sure. Yeah. And then I would Mar- run away. Uh, Marcelo Zuna out for six weeks with an injury, and then he has a domestic violence charge. I think he was actually arrested yesterday. Uh, it's going to be hard not to believe he's not going to be suspended for the rest of the year. Um, if you look at, um, I had Googled um, suspensions. Uh, you know, if we look at the most recent, well, some of the recent ones, Jose Reyes out for 51 games. Hector Oliveira, 82 games. Jarese Familia um, was, 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 quote, just 15 games. Um, Roberto Osuna, 75 games. Addison Russell, 40 games. So, um, and Odubo Herrera, 85 games. So, basically, I've taken this pretty seriously, so I wouldn't be surprised if they tack a suspension on after his 
yeah. um, um, IL stint, yeah. which would probably take it through the end of and and probably the end of the year. I would not be surprised at that. And from a Bush League perspective, that really hurts um, Rick and the Lakers because um, he was making a pretty hard charge for the last month um, against the Seward Hawks, and for him to lose. Um, Ozuna is is really going to hurt. So I have already reached out as as I do with um, and said that I can try and help Rick <laughs> as much as possible. But that's just me being the uh, magnanimous person that I am. So yeah, you're like a you're like a a, a mafia leader. In the time of chaos, there's opportunity, right? So. <laughs> so. Well, I, I think it was. Oh gosh, I can't remember. I think it was. Um, uh, I, I'm forgetting his name now. Um, um, Rahm Emanuel said, uh, never let a good crisis go to waste. Yeah, right. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, and Rick just got uh, Starling Marte back, and then he loses a yes. dream. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that's that's tough, isn't it? And when you're trying to make a run at a guy that's all world in the sewer hawks, you need everyone. You need all hands on deck. <laughs> Well, let's let's not forget. Let's not forget that Bob's done something that I don't think anybody's done in a long time. Certainly not in this modern age. Um, as of today, he has 50 um, offensive points, which means he's in first place in every offensive category. Yeah, I know it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, part of that is part of that. Is, um, I just took a quick look. I'm like, wait a second. The Hawks had 267 at bats this week 267 the next closest was you with 210 that's like having two extra people on your roster yep maybe that should be investigated well not only two extra people but two extra people that are producing <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah you're right yeah i could have a bunch of extra just, people <laughs> yeah yeah or or me i could have those two extra people uh, be productive they'd just be sitting on my bench <laughs> uh and then uh giovanni gallegos his hat's confiscated prior to his pitching in the inning. Uh, uh, how do you say the manager's name? Schilt? Yes, Mike Schilt. Schilt implies that cheating, specifically pitchers, is rampant. He's complaining. but And I always, I always look at like guys like that. Like I, That's an argument that you can make. But that's like saying, hey, uh, you know, when you get pulled over for running a red light, you're like, well, other people run red lights. Every, everybody does it? Yeah, you're like, well, okay, but I caught you. So, yeah, that, that's not an argument. That's, yeah, that's a pretty weak argument. Do, do you know what happened? Like, did Gallegos, did, did the other manager tell the umpire that? Or what, what happened there? That was my initial thought because it happens against uh, the White Sox on Wednesday. Uh, and, and I actually saw it live. And I'm thinking, okay, this is Tony La Russa trying to use a little bit of gamesmanship against his former team. But I don't think that was the case. Um, I, I think what happened was uh, second base umpire saw Gallegos come in, and if you looked at the top of his cap, he had some black residue on on the top of his cap. Okay. And um, then crew chief uh, Joe West came over and said, "Hey, you got to remove this hat." And, and you know, good for Joe West just saying, "Hey, take your hat off, not throwing the player out." Yeah. And yeah. that's when I think Mike Schultz started to go nuts and say, "Wait a second. Everybody is is doing this kind of thing. And from what I've heard, I don't know how true this is. I heard that, yes, a lot of players, a lot of pitchers do this. 
And batters are okay with that because they would prefer that a pitcher has a grip on the ball <laughs> than, you know, losing grip on the ball. Because think about this. Think about this, Raj. Um, have you noticed that after the ball hits just the ground once, they're throwing the ball out of play. So you're pretty much using a, a new ball every time. And I got to imagine as a pitcher, you know, you want to get grip somehow. And if you're throwing new balls out there all the time, I know they're rubbed down with mud, that type of thing. It's got to be difficult to get that grip. And that grip is what, obviously, for control and for spin on the baseball. Yeah, it's the exact opposite of a wiffle ball. You always want a new wiffle ball. Oh, right. Yeah, you can get a lot of break on that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Absolutely. You don't want it soft in any spots. Nope. Yeah. Nope. So, um, so you would never see me with pine tar on my hat. <laughs> yeah, maybe Vaseline on my hat, but not pine tar. Um, okay, and and really to and in the big scheme of things, if the guy just said take your hat off, I'm like, dude, just take your hat off. If it's you know, if you didn't do anything, just don't worry about it. I don't know. I I, I was a little annoyed by Shield saying stuff like that. That's such a weak argument. Everybody else is doing it. So um, I guess that's what's known as a straw man argument, right? Yeah, yeah that's bad. But yeah, you don't want to use that as your defense in court. No, um, And then uh, I, I had a note about Albert Pujols. I watched him Thursday night against the Astros. He came in to pinch hit. He struck out. Then he came up with two guys on, I think, and they were down by three. And they kept showing the 0-5 homer. And I'm thinking, all right, well, I don't know why you're showing this. That's, you know, umpteen years ago. Um, and he struck out on sliders. He swung over top of both of them. And it – and though he hit a home run last night, I, I was starting to think, like, maybe Pujols is done. And and when I did some research, uh, you know, Mike Schmidt retired right about this time in 1989. Just retired on a road trip in San Francisco. Hmm. And he had similar stats as Pujols at that point of the season. I mean, Schmidt could have hung around, and he probably would have passed Reggie Jackson. He would have hit 212, but he would have passed Reggie Jackson in the home runs category. But I... I like, I'm sure you've kept kept an eye on Pujols. Do you think he's done? Like, he's never done. been a fast runner. I watch him, and he just looks very awkward. Like, like something's hurting. He, he Throughout his career, he's had um, problems with what's called was it plantar fasciitis. Yeah. Um, but he just he just looks really slow. I mean, he doesn't have the – not only physically slow, but his, his, his bat seems, yeah. seems slow. And, you know, I'm just looking at the stats he's put up for you. I mean, he's three for 15 with a homer and three RBIs. And that's, you know, 200 batting average. That's pretty much what he had done yeah. with, 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 with the Angels. I, I just don't know if there's that much more in the tank. In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you're probably going to drop him this week. Uh, I can't because I, I have too many injuries. <laughs> okay. Right. Hey, yeah. but you're going to be the beneficiary of Ozuna going out because you have uh, Heredia. I do, yeah. I was a beneficiary with Radio because Christian Pache stinks. That's yeah. That's what. And now he's got to play. Like, yeah. Now, now he's got to play every day. Um, and he, he's, well, he's well I, pretty good. I would think uh, NCRTA is also going to get probably a little bit of a run. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's some opportunities wrapped around this. Yeah, there is, and and um, yeah, and I'm I'm just, I wonder if they have someone they could bring up too. Uh, but Heredia is. I mean, he gets on base and. You know, when you have other guys in the lineup that the Braves have, just they need guys just good on base too. You know. So, uh, and then we got the the video from Rick 
this Javi Baez running, base running against the Pirates. So he hits a ground ball to first. Or no, he hits a ground ball. The first baseman comes off the bag. The, he, and he, he was going to tag Baez out. Baez starts running towards home. And then the runner on second scores. I, can't, how uh, I don't know if the runner's on second or if the runner on or, third. Oh, he's running on third. Okay, yeah. And then he scores. And then Baez gets the first. They throw it away. He gets all the way to third base on that. Um, I, I think he only went to second, okay. but it, it looked like a little league play. Man, they were throwing they were throwing around the ball so much. The Pirates were, and and, and I wonder. We want need to go back and check. I think there were actually two outs um, when that happened. The first baseman for for, for the Pirates was uh, uh, rookie uh, Will Craig, and you know God bless him because um, he faced the media and he goes, I really didn't want to watch it, but he goes, I I know this is going to be on bloopers you know, for the next 10, 15 years. <laughs> yeah, you think? Yeah, that is. Um, and actually, the Basora Bulls just picked him up, Will Craig, in, in this week. I, I, put a bit, I put a bit in for Will Craig. Yeah, he's getting some playing time. I'm not sure how much more he's going to get once uh, Colin Moran comes back. But, you know, it's the Pirates, so who knows? Yeah, uh, and I think I texted, like, the Pirates coaching staff would have been fired on that. Yeah, it was bad. Completely it was bad. undisciplined. Yeah, I mean, th- there's a reason people play undisciplined. Yeah, um, and and just to give an update to where the Pirate Tiger wager, uh, the Pirates dropped to 392 winning percentage. The Tigers are up to 404. And Woo! yeah, I don't think either of them are the worst team in baseball. No, they're not. There's three teams that are worse. Um, if, if we look in the American League, the Orioles are 17 and 35 or a 327 winning percentage. Jeez, They've lost 12 in a row. Um, uh, in the National League, Colorado is 19 and 34. Um, that's a winning percentage of 358. And Arizona is the worst team in the National League with a 340 winning percentage. They've lost 13 in a row. So there are some bad teams in baseball. How, how does baseball address that? Uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about it when we walk out today. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're going to have a conversation with it. Um, so we touched on a little bit of the standings review. Uh, <laughs> the Sewer Hawks have 50 batting points, which is the max. They have 32 and a half pitching points. They got 82 and a half points. They're 10 and a half points above the Lakers, who just lost one of their best players. Um, boy, it's it's yeah. He's he's he can't go any further. Well, I guess he can. Yeah, he's got another 18 points in pitching he can work on. Um. Lakers and Statman holding at two and three. Rebel Alliance, a distant fourth <clears throat> with the dudes right behind them. Then me, the Bulls. Boy, you're dropping a little bit this week. Uh, then the Bearcats and the Ducks. Um, did, did that feel good to say that? No, I think you're hanging around me too much. That's what's going on. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it, That's it, not good for either one of us. No. <laughs> the funny thing is, I had a good week. I, I was third... Again, I was a top four, and I lost points. And I, I don't know where I lost them. I have to kind of go look. I, um, I think I lost them in ERA a little bit. and uh, Yeah, but uh, Sewer Hawks have 86 and a half points for the week. Yeah. Um, well, this is part of the, uh, the Bulls curse, right, since we were kind of uh, just, just having a little fun at his expense. And now uh, last week I think I said that I don't see him making a, a run at anything, you know, 
well, he at least passed me, so that's got to make him feel 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 good. So, um, yeah, I, I still think that it's 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 Bob's to to win. But you know, as as Bill put out there as a cautionary tale, Bill just said it felt like 2019 when the aforementioned uh, Bulls had a big lead going into the last month of the season, and Bill passed him. So, it could still happen. Yeah, um, I, I, my goal is to get to fourth. That's my goal. Fourth? Yeah. Okay. I think I can right. get there. Um, I, so, so I've never been in this kind of position where um, I'm going to give it another month. You know, if you know, like uh, Frank Sinatra said, if things aren't shaking, but come this year July, I'm going to roll myself up in a big ball and die. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how you handle something like that. I guess you start trading off some some pieces. Ah, um, but I might need some help with that, Raj, because it's a position I'm not familiar with. It's July's a little early to start doing that. I mean, you may, maybe you kind of have a contingency plan, but I mean, you don't start trading people up. I mean, you do it at the deadline, but yeah. Right. That's yeah. in July. Well, at the end of July. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I, it, sometimes you just got to exercise some patience. Just be patient. And, well, you know what? I haven't won 12 Bush League titles by being patient. Oh, Okay. You, so you wouldn't you wouldn't, you wouldn't classify yourself as patient, like w- waiting for uh, g- give it some time before I see if I get this guy to produce a little bit. Um, I I don't consider myself a patient owner, and okay. if we had if we had weekly or uh, excuse me semi weekly or daily moves, you would see that. Okay, all right. So uh, would you trade Yelich to now? Like is would, would yes if, you, if 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 I got a good offer absolutely okay all right all right um yeah then we had the fab last night pretty light light night <clears throat> we talked a little bit about Bill Brandon Drury and uh, Steve Duggar you picked up Lamont Wade yeah I, 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 with, with all due respect to Sanford and Son I'm a big dummy. <laughs> And then you picked up Cody Poteet, who I got outbid for. Yes. Yeah, you and I were talking about another pitcher that we both had on our, you know, uh, soft list. And then when it came down to it, we both bid on this one guy, and you beat me out. Uh, I had that other player that you're referring to as a backup bid to Poteet. We'll, we'll see what this I mean, what, what that means, if you and I are bidding on the same player, it means he's going to be in a scrap heap before the end of the month. <laughs> or it's going on a DL. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Basura Bulls pick up Will Craig, and that's it. So, yeah, this has been our lightest, this lightest Fab Week, and you know I didn't try to force. Maybe, maybe Poteet's a little bit of a. Uh, I was forcing, um, but I dropped uh, Jeff Hoffman, who yeah. just went on the the IL. Um, but, but I, I have a question for you. Okay, I, I'm desperate, as you can tell, because I'm asking for your advice, right? <laughs> Yeah. Do I, do, I don't thank you for laughing at that. Yeah. Do, do I do do I um, bring Poteet in for Will Crow? Although Will Crow has a two start week this week against Kansas City and Miami, but Poteet's start is against uh, the Pirates. What do you think I should do? Uh, hang on, I'm, I'm looking where you're at here. Okay. Well, the two starts will help you. Be- because I mean, probability based, you got a hundred percent 
chance better of getting a win um, out of your starting pitcher. And I'm right behind you. Uh, I was four back last week. Now I'm one back. Um, but, you know, you have two bad starts with the ERA, and I'm going to catch you in ERA. We're just going to flip. Well, and, and that's part of the problem. Um, Will Crow, um, Derek Shelton, in his last start, Crow's last start, only let him go an inning in the third. And, oh. you know, he only hit – he had, quote, only given up three or four runs. I don't know if he just has a short hook, and I'm getting spooked now. Yeah. I don't know. That's a tough call, man. They're marginal. I, I, though Petit has had some – he's had one bad start and three good ones. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he pitched well against the Phillies, right? You saw him pitch against the Phillies, didn't you? Dude, the Phillies can't beat the Marlins. They had a gun to them. Okay. Yeah. All right. So whenever you see I Petit mean, against the Phillies, throw him in there. Okay. <laughs> I, I guess this all comes down to the, the term we've used before. You know, I, I'm worried about whether they should bring Poteet or Will Crow. It's it's all just a matter of rearranging uh, deck chairs on the Titanic, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. I I, I mean, I, I I like, and I mean that's what your that's what your job is to try to stay competitive throughout the whole year, right? Yeah, I'm just yeah, just kind of until, until maybe. Gallon or Sanchez come 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 back if if at all this year. Uh yeah, I yeah I guess you have. I I forgot. About I'm concerned. Gallon, yeah, yeah, that's a shame. But I don't know. I mean, every little bit helps. Helps. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna fight on. Yeah. Um, and then you know we did the Stangs route. Uh, slow week in Fab. Um. I, I think, you know, l- looking at it, I, I think the Lakers are in, are in a tough spot because of the loss of Azuna and probably for the entire year, probably. Um, I, I don't know what that means for the, the middle of us, meaning uh, Josh, me, and you, um, and the Bulls, but that's going to be a tough tough road to hoe without Ozuna for the Lakers. And uh, it was a nice little run they had for five weeks, and it got shut down by stupidity, unfortunately. Um, well, this is going to test, in my mind, this is going to test uh, Rick's managerial skills in, in the Bush League, right? Because he's had, a in the last 10 years, he's had a number of second and third place finishes. And, you know, he still, I think he still owns the hammer when it comes to fab. So, um yeah, I, I I would imagine he's going to be burning the midnight oil, looking for ways to replace this. You know, well, you lest know, he uh, fall out of this thing. Yeah, you bring up a good point because I imagine the Braves don't have to pay him if he's suspended. I don't think so. So that's going to free up some money, and maybe they're thinking like, "Hey, we we have a good team. We need to replace him. Maybe they'll make a move." It it would not be unlike the Braves to do something like that. So. But but you know what? That's that's a lot of hoping and groping, isn't it? That that's you know just just like and, and you know I I know Rick at least in the past has kind of waited for um, and hoped for that big All Star break trading deadline uh, to hope somebody big comes over from the AL to make a big splash. Um, but you know you you give the Sewerhawks another six or seven weeks. You know he might be uh, Rick might be in a position that he hopes he's um, holding you off. <laughs> Yeah. All right, it won't be that bad, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, I, I, yeah, that that could possibly be true. I, although, whether it be Rick or Bill, 
or or even Sam. Let's just say Sam on the outside. They got to make a move. These, if 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 Rick's going to win this thing, he has to make a move anyway. You know, I'm not talking about a you know a fab pickup. You you need to make a trade to push yourself over the top. You need to find where you're at in some standings where you can make some headway and and maybe even get a two-for-one swap. Where I don't know if he's close to Bob and anything, but, um, yeah, the, the, those guys are going to need to make a trade if, if, if they're going to make a run at it. And, you know, uh, you know you've seen the way I've operated. If I'm close, I'm going to make a trade, you know, so. Um, uh, um, yeah, I've been in Bob's position, and, and I've made some – some trades just to strengthen my position yeah. because yep. you, you know, the old saying flags fly forever. <laughs> Don't want to let this get away. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. It's too long of a season to, to come close and not, not make a move. Um, right. All right. Uh, so I do have a twib note in addition to this, to the stout uh, discussion. So uh, this week, okay. this week in beer brought to you by Schaefer Schaefer, the one beer to have, if you're having more than one, and I think this might have been uh, I have a Deschutes. You know what that is? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, you know, here we go again. Um, I'm going to sound like a beer snob, but uh, I was actually, we've talked about this. I was actually at Deschutes in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, right. Yep. Um, I I like, I, man, I, I love the IPAs. I, okay. I just love them. Good. Yeah. What and, kind did you get? What did you have this time? Uh, it's called Fresh Squeezed IPA. All right. That's what it's called, and it's got a, it's got a cool looking can, which I I think it's so funny that beers, like good beers, are in cans now, where it used to be the opposite. Um, well, I, I think yeah, it, it was the opposite, but I, I think really be, before the, uh, the the mid nineties, beer was just pretty bland, right? You had your Budweisers and your Coors and Millers, and they weren't very good beers. Let's be honest. Yeah, no. Yingling, y- Yingling is is passable. Uh, yeah, I like Yingling. Like if you're talking about like a run of the mill beer. Yeah. Yeah. And I like Heineken too. You like do you? That? Yeah, okay. I do. But I mean, no, I'm not. Yeah, well, that's because you're snob. I, I, you know what? I, I, I am a beer snob. As Bill was, was, was I was going to try and take exception to him calling me a beer snob, but, but I, I truly am. <laughs> Uh, but I have been since since the mid '90s, so you yeah. know for 25 years. So I can't change now, and I'm you know set in my ways. We, <laughs> st- we still love you. Um, yeah, thank you. And then today in baseball history, 1934, Burley Grimes wins the last of his 270 career wins. Uh, the Hall of Fame spitball pitcher is the last pitcher that is allowed to pitch a doctored baseball. So foreign substances were uh, outlawed in 1920, but there were 17 pitchers given permission to continue altering the ball until they retired. <laughs> wow. You yeah. talk about no, a couple things. Number one, you talk about your competitive advantage. That's great. And I wonder if, if his nickname was Grimy because of the baseball that he uh, threw. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But 270 wins, that's a, that's a nice little career for him. Uh, 1982, Cal Ripken plays the first of his 2,632 consecutive games, does not come out of the lineup, the starting lineup in – until September 20, 1998. Wow. So you're talking, what, 16 years of yeah. playing every day? That's that's amazing. Um, let me ask you something about, about Cal Ripken, because he was kind of – tell me if this sounds true. He was kind of the first 
first prototype big shortstop, right? Wasn't it before then most shortstops were, you know, 5'10", 5'11", 170 pounds, late hitting shortstops, and here comes Cal Ripken at, what, 6'3", 6'4", counting the ball? Do you think he was the first of of those type of shortstops? Yeah, I'm, like, racking my brain thinking of other players at that time, and I don't see anyone. I mean, yeah, there were guys like Freddie Patek who was like five four. Yeah. I mean, that guy wouldn't yeah. see the field now. Um, yeah, he was, and it, and after that, uh, I mean, it, when you got into the nineties, that's what you know. That's what a uh, shortstop looked like. I, I guess the next guy after him, I don't know if he was he wasn't a Hall of Famer, but Sean Dunstan was kind of like that, like this okay. big guy that that could hit balls off the wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was a really he was probably the best athlete on the field, and yeah, it he was Ripken was the that that guy. Um, and maybe it maybe it changed people's you know baseball like all right if Ripken makes it work maybe you know we you know we leave well, we, uh, Robin uh, Yount was kind of like that. He was a home run hitter. Uh, who was that? Robin Yount. Robin Yount. Okay, the the player that kind of fits that 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 bigger type shortstop mold that I think of and I, and I hate to say it is Alex Rodriguez. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. Yep. And maybe that's why they let him play there. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what, what do you think about what do you think about this as as, as well? Um, you know, Cal Ripken when he came back, you know, there was the strike year was it 94? Do you think it's an overstatement cuz I've heard this before that he kind of saved baseball or at least help bring it back um, because they, um, a lot of people were focused on the um, consecutive game streak after the strike. Do you think there's some truth to that? Uh, yeah, it certainly allowed baseball to look good. You know what I mean? Um, Baltimore was still a, a pretty big baseball town and uh, yeah, I, maybe it did. I, I mean, I if you look at back in 81, I mean, Pete Rose Broke Stan Musial's record, I think, the night that they came back. Okay. Or maybe the day after, on August 10th. So, you know, Stan Musial's National League hit record. And that was good. Like, people liked it. You know, they, they that was that was a positive in in the media. Uh, yeah, I, I guess Ripken, yeah, that, that was a big deal coming back after that strike. I mean, because yeah, they made... Just a good guy, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. You, you really can't say a bad word about the guy. Nope. Yeah. I mean, yeah, ever. Um, and then 2001, the Diamondbacks beat the Giants one nothing. Oh, gosh, in an 18-inning game. Total time was five hours and 53 minutes. What's, <laughs> what's the longest game you think you've ever seen or, or hung in there to watch a baseball game? Uh, I don't think I've gone more than 11 or 12 innings um, in a baseball game. I just don't. You know, this five hours and fifty-three minute game—it was over what eighteen minutes, uh, 18, 18 innings. Yeah. That just sounds like a Sunday night game with the Red Sox and Yankees, doesn't it? A nine-inning <laughs> game for them. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what the longest game I watched. I, I think that like the Phillies Cubs, like when they when they won like twenty-two to twenty or something. Um, that was okay. probably a long game, and I watched a little bit of it, but I remember having a little league game. I had to leave. Yeah. It, yeah, because obviously it was a day game in Chicago. So, yeah, I remember. I remember Honestly, it's it's hard to stay locked into anything, you know, 
for for that length of time. That includes work, you know, for six straight hours, um, which, you know, makes me like baseball's new rules with extra innings. Oh, yeah. All right. But this is a rarity, 18 innings. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Particularly one nothing. <laughs> right. There's some bad hitting there. I'm sure there was bad hitting. Like, it's not all pitching. You're getting deep into the bullpen at 18 innings. Um, all right, what, what are you walking off with? Um, you know, we're, what, um, done week number nine in, um, of the season. So we're, we're at the third. Uh, we're a third of the way through the season. And over these last nine weeks, we've had the owners on. I just want to thank them for their podcast um, participation. We've had each of the owners on. Um, we're going to probably have all the owners back on over um, after the all-star break to see um, how their teams are, are doing. I mean, we're still going to have our podcast. We'll be talking about various things um, regarding baseball, but uh, I just want to thank all of their, all the owners for their participation because they, they've all had different points of view, different perspectives as they talk about their teams. Um, most of them have been um, actually all of them have been fairly humble and I've been humbled by my team's performance or else I would have been out there, um, you know, bragging about it. But, um, yeah, I just want to thank them and, you know, you guys continue to, to listen and send in, um, any text messages, questions that you have for us, or anytime you, uh, have a question, no concerns, because we don't care about your concerns, just questions, um, send them <laughs> in to us. Yeah, that's funny. We don't care your concerns. We'll make fun of them on air. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, what, what about you? All right, I'm walking off with, I think there's too many teams in Major League Baseball. And I, I think this is, this is why we see all the strikeouts, uh, long games, crazy play, like that hobby bias play. I, I think there's too many teams in Major League Baseball. And, um, hmm. and this okay. is why. Right, let, let me give you something specific. Okay. So the Giants just signed and pitched Scott Casimir. He's 37 year old. He hasn't pitched in the big league since 2016. Are you? Are the Giants saying they have no one in their minor leagues that can come up and spot start? Well, uh, there's a couple things to that, right? Um, number one, it's against the backdrop of just a very strange year where pitchers um, only had, what, seven, eight starts? Well, maybe 10 starts last year, 10 to 12 starts last year. So a lot of the arms aren't ramped up. And I, I think we're seeing a lot more um, injuries this year. And, and I think a lot, of, a lot of baseball players are feeling the after effects of a 60-game season. So, so I, someone I'm thinking the, it might be too early to, to declare that. Someone in the Giants organization – their arms isn't ramped up, but Casimir hasn't pitched in five years. His arm is. Well, think about it this way: from a roster management standpoint, are you? Would you rather go out and sign somebody that you know you could just get rid of in two weeks, or do you want to permanently hurt um, a minor league pitcher that you may have picked up in 2018 that he might have pitched? He might have last pitched in 2019 with no two, 2020 season. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Um, and the other guy I was thinking of is Brandon Drury, like the the, or the Mets farm systems that depleted, where you, you got to bring this guy up and play. And, and I look at the batting averages in baseball, I, just the National League, because I'm in, I don't care about the American League. 
there's one team hitting over 250 as a as a team, and that's Washington. Um, most 80 percent is are hitting under 240, and there are five teams one two three four five that are striking out about 10 times a game. I understand that, like, or maybe it's a different philosophy in hitting, but maybe there's too many players and they're the the talent's diluted. And if yeah, imagine adding another baseball team to Major League, I, well, you, you realize just, you realize that's going to happen, right? Uh, they're, they're not going to contract teams; they're going to add teams. The, the you know when 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 um, franchises your buying fee is going to be over two billion dollars. You know that's that's and you have two new teams coming in. That's going to be a revenue infusion. So, you know, like it or not, that's where it's headed. I don't think they're going to head for contraction, unfortunately, oh, I, for I'm you. Not, I'm not saying that, you know, it's not going to happen. I'm, I just think there's just too many teams in the towns diluted. And I, I think we've seen this in, in the same with uh, basketball. You know, basketball basically, um, is, if, you don't, if you don't draft in the top 10, you're getting a marginal player. And if, <laughs> if you're drafting throughout the world, that you're getting a marginal player after the top ten draft picks, I mean that that the talent's diluted. I, oh, okay. I, I think that's and, about and, and, and you know what? Yeah, you're you're bringing up a good point, right? Because baseball since the 1950s has started to expand where it can go. You know, obviously, that the first big step was in 1947, um, allowing um, African American players in, yep. which led to Latino players, and then in the what 80s and 90s. Um, Asian players, and so I, I don't know if the game is growing internationally, but but you are right that it should become more of a global game, and you know picking up players from Australia like Liam Hendricks, or you know Panama and Venezuela. I mean those are becoming more hotbeds in Curacao and Aruba, that type of thing. Um, I I don't know if the talent is more diluted or it's just become so specialized with with, with pitching now. Um, and what they're doing. Um, well, I, I know, I know this. Um, the competition for baseball teams. I, it, it seems like in the last five or ten years, related to the late '90s, there are just a lot of bad teams. Yeah, because I think there's a lot of bad players. Well, let me ask you: How how, how does Major League Baseball address that? I, I, I kind of like uh, what uh, the Premier League Soccer does. Um, and maybe <laughs> I know you can't do this, but I would love to see relegation. You know, you finish last in the National League or the American League, boom, you you sit out a year, <laughs> right. and you fight your way back in. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, because I'm I'm looking at the batting averages too, and I know no one cares about batting averages, but I do. It shows that you know uh, someone getting a hit or not. And there's three teams hitting under 230 as a team, and the Brewers are hitting 212. Yeah, so is, is this is, is the sample size big enough? Because we're, we're going to start to head into um, better weather, which means the averages will be going up. Um, you know, you, you look at this this year, and there's been a lot of rain outs. You know, um, COVID has affected things. I mean, here we are, what, Memorial Day weekend, and we're looking outside. The temperature is 48 degrees. Yeah, I, I, that's true, and I'm going to keep an eye on it through, through the year. I, I mean, I, I was just – yeah, uh, please do. I, I looked at Milwaukee's two weeks ago. They were hitting 217, and they actually dropped. I don't know how you drop from 217, but um, <laughs> they did. And, yeah, and they actually, well, yeah, the Pirates have a 653 OPS. 
Well, well, you know, well, you, you know, um, as part of a future podcast, one of the things I was planning to do was have you and I guess where the next two expansion teams are going to be. And I'm sensing that you don't want to participate in something like that because you think there's too many already. Oh, yeah, I'll participate. I, I know, you know, that you're right. Baseball is going to expand because it's too much of a moneymaker. But I, I just think it's, yeah, I just think the talent's going to be diluted even more. And, um, yeah, we're going to see really bad teams or even, yeah, we're going to see really bad teams. And, and that's kind of what we're going to see. Um, and Milwaukee's two games over 500. Hitting 212. <laughs> Hitting 212, man. Yeah. All right. You know what? Let's keep our eye on that. This should be pretty interesting as we move into the, uh, the quote, warmer months. Yeah. Uh, and I'm hoping you're right that it's a small sample size because I got Eugenia Suarez batting 159 still, and I'm striking distance and runs RBIs and homers and OPS, and I need him to, like, wake up. Like I, I need him to wake up now. They, they, they actually started leading him off. <laughs> He's a leadoff hitting shortstop, Eugenio Suarez. Oh, boy, yeah, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> I, I think next week we'll start taking a look at uh, some of the good starts and bad starts by 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 some of the players. So. Oh yeah, it's a yeah. good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, champ. You got anything else? No, nope, that's it, Chief. Uh, hey, no, I do have one more thing. Everybody, in, enjoy um, your Memorial Day holiday and. You know, let's remember the reason for the holiday. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Which are, yeah, I p- appreciate that. All right, man. Have a good week. All right. Talk to you Sunday. Take care. Yep.